Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Leah. Welcome to Content Void. Today we're chatting about Love Island. The almost best reality TV show that Britain has probably ever created, which is probably a very controversial thing to say. <laughs> but um, I personally think it's amazing. Um, but I am a seasoned Love Island watcher since I think season two is when I started watching it. But Alex, how about you? Nope. First time. First time. First time I've ever watched Love Island. And honestly, I don't even know if I'd have watched it if we weren't going to be recording this podcast. So the first week is done and dusted, right? Yeah. And we're going to be deciding whether or not we we stick with it. Has it had its day? Well, we're going to review Love Island season eight. So the one that's on right now. And for anyone who is new to Love Island, you know, this, we will have a little primer, a quick history lesson of Love Island and why it's such, why, why it is the show each year. And yeah, and I'm probably going to rate whether it's worth watching because I've got opinions on this. <laughs> we are on season eight now and um, we just have to decide on whether this is something we will stick with all summer, which is eight weeks. It's a long time. See, I don't really know why I haven't watched Love Island before because I love reality TV. So uh, Married at First Sight, Love is Blind, Bling Empire, Selling Sunset, all of them. I just, I just love them. But for some reason, I've never got into Love Island. But for the purposes of this episode, I went in with an open mind. I didn't look anything up online. So I don't know anything about <laughs> the previous seasons. And I just, I've sat and I've watched the full week's worth. Right. So I'm ready. Amazing. So let's do a little quick overview. And I'm saying quick because there's so much to talk about with Love Island because once I started kind of researching and kind of writing things down I thought actually there is a lot more to the show than just whatever you're watching on ITV but just to give you context on the Love Island law it's a dating show and it used to be before even season one of Love Island as it is now. Um, it was a celebrity dating show. So where minor, I think, Z-list uh, celebrities would go on there and kind of find love. And um, they switched out, um, you know, the celebra- celebrities with normal, in quotation marks, people. Um, <laughs> I was going to say normal, yeah. <laughs> but if you start from w- watching from season one or two, you will see the difference in the type of people they're casted. And I would argue that when you if you are completely new to Love Island and you want to kind of start watching don't watch it from this season because it's um it's hard to explain but the people who are on there now are a lot savvier they understand exactly what Love Island is and what is expected of them so you're unlikely to get the authentic what Love Island should be and used to be from season eight. And um, that is because um, I think the peak of Love Island has already been. I think we are now in the kind of like downward spiral of this show. And I predict maybe two, three more seasons and this um, would have kind of had its day. Um, partly because how quickly this has become um, so popular and then the kind of real, real downfall of it. So let's start mm. from when... Um, the kind of people that were cast in season one, two, and even three, um, the people were fairly kind of um, less Instagram model and more maybe sort of day-to-day people that you might see on the streets and you can maybe relate to a little bit more. But um, when people shot to fame so quickly after Love Island was such a hit, the people they start casting aren't actually people who you who just apply for the show. I don't know if you know, know this, but often those people who you see on the show are 
um, kind of hunted and ah. they're directly contacted by ITV and asked them whether they want to join Love Island. So it's very much like specific people that they want on Love Island. So um, they're really hunting um, those people down. That makes perfect sense because some of the things that I wrote down with my notes was, you know, these people are all so good looking. They're all gorgeous. Mm. And I think there's actually at one point, Liam says something like, you don't go into town and see girls like this. Well, no, you don't. I'd quite like to see a goth or maybe like some cellulite or a pot belly. (laughs) Wow. You know, real body shapes, real. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's something that has plagued the show, um, diversity in all sorts of forms from the start. Um, you will see very, very, uh, good looking people on there, but you know, a lot of people would complain that the diversity is very, very low and they've tried. I mean, um, they have a girl on there. Her name is Tasha. Um, she was born deaf. And so she wears like um, one of these things on her ears and stuff. And she kind of told everyone, you know, um, about it. And, you know, she was congratulated. And it's great to kind of see more representation of diversity of what actual people would look like. But still, it is very, very little. And um, part of it is because, you know, people want to see that type of people on the on TV show. Or that's what producers think anyway. Um, the problem with Love Island, though, is, um, you know, it's an eight week long show. And eight weeks on every single night apart from mm. I think it's not on certain days in the week I think Friday and Saturday it's off and then on Sunday um, it's back on it's a it's a big commitment especially over the summer and um, if you're new to this you might think well I don't I just don't get it I don't I don't understand the hype around it and that's because the hype was kind of started in the earlier seasons where there were people with real personality. So like people who should probably on be on TV because they're funny, there's something about them and they kind of started phrases. So when um, you hear, if you will hear, if you're watching this, if you continue watching this, you will hear phrases like type on paper, fanny flutters, <laughs> um, you know, and then like I got a text and, you know, the whole kind of like hyping up that someone is going on a date. That is, all from past contestants so they made this kind of like up and it has become tradition now tradition is great and it kind of like you know gives people a sense of like oh yeah i know what i'm watching because i watched it for the last i don't know five seasons or so but i feel like the people who are on there now and i'm kind of judging very early on um are fairly a copy of a copy of a copy so people kind of like go on the show knowing what is expected of them and kind of play up to that. Mm. And of course, a lot of that is editing. You know, people, this is a reality TV show. This is not completely raw. If you think about shows like The Hills and stuff like that, no one expects it to be like completely real. God, I love The Hills. I know, I love The Hills. And But then Love Island is has to be kind of like prodded along by producers because they want the drama. If like the, this whole kind of first week has been quite dry. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, you know, the kind of people who are on there, you know, at the moment, we don't really know who they are. And it's a problem because the first week has to have something in there, I feel, to kind of get people hooked. Because if you watch the first kind of like week and we're like, everyone here is boring, nothing is happening. Will you commit another mm. seven weeks? I don't think so. So that's why they have to kind of play up to, um, you know, the drama or the, you know, certain dramas um that is or is not happening that producers kind of like making up it makes a lot of sense in that you were saying about how some of the cast are kind of headhunted for the show because mm. i don't know if it's because it's season eight um and the, and like you said they know what's coming and the contestants have watched seven seasons before and they know exactly what's happening 
But I think because social media goes so closely hand in hand with the show that the contestants may well be gaming it for, you know, for the fame, because Mm. if you want a a book deal or a bikini line or a, I don't know, um, Instagram wealth that you can get through various sponsored posts, they need to be really clever with their image and they can't come across as being a bitch or, you know, two-timing jerk. Jerk? I never say jerk. jerk. (laughs) There you go. That could be a new hashtag jerk. Um, I wonder if they're almost gaming it um, or it could be because they're being too polite because they're Brits and they don't know each other yet. It's kind of like twofold. You're absolutely right. Social media plays a massive role in Love Island. So even though you watch the show, if you're not on Twitter and live tweeting and seeing what's going on on the hashtag, you are missing half of the entertainment that um, this like this show kind of um, provides. So um, if you if you watch the show, you might have your own opinions and stuff. But you go on Twitter, and it is a barrage of memes, of like comments of it. People are dissecting each second of the show, and a lot of it is very very funny. They're like making points, kind of repeating what people have said on the show, and kind of um, you know putting all the kind of you know pictures and memes and everything on there. It is really entertaining. But of course, because of social media, the ugly side of it is that very quickly people will find someone that they don't like and they will start being quite nasty. And um, that's one thing that, um, you know, Love Island has always had a very strong kind of like hate towards certain people. And this is, we see it with other um, reality TV shows as well. But there's something on Love Island that is really like kind of, you know, getting a lot of people riled up and against certain people. And, you know, if you, if you think about, um, the history of the show and we can't talk about Love Island and the kind of social media um, around it without mentioning Caroline Flack who committed suicide um, partly because of how social media has reacted to, um, you know, kind of like an, an argument she had with her boyfriend and, you know, it's the mass media, it's social media. It was just too much for her. And in, she is the host of Love Island. She is so intrinsically linked to the show that when yeah. she committed suicide, suddenly everyone was like, oh, wow, this has affected a real person. And I don't know why it took a person's life for people to realize that their words have consequences mm. and people see them. And of course, it's the mass media as well. Like, you know, let's not put the blame all on just on social media. Yeah. It's definitely also, you know, all the rags to talk about and sensationalize it. You know, it just shows you the power of um, kind of like the comments and stuff and all the kind of bullying um, has on an, on a person. And the whole be kind movement um, was born um, after this happened. And yet we are literally week one. And on the first night, we see so many, or I saw so many quite nasty comments on people. Mm. Um, and one of the person um, who had it the worst and still has is um, a girl called Gemma, who's on the show. She's 19. She's 19. And people are commenting on her now. She is 19. She's so young. Yes, she is so young. And yet you are here talking about her in such a nasty way because you have an idea of who she is and bearing in mind this is like an hour-long show and within the hour you have millions of ad breaks and then it's all edited down so you probably have like what five or ten minutes of this person and on those ten minutes you judge a whole person's character so because she is Michael Owen's daughter they're all accusing her of like being 
desperate to tell everyone that um, she, you know, her dad is famous, her dad is a footballer and stuff. But I kind of like, I watched it and I thought, oh, that's not what I got from it. I rewatched this because everyone was like, oh my God, she can't wait to tell everyone. I didn't get that at all. No, she didn't. So I rewatched it all and I was like, okay, so she didn't mention any of this football stuff. She didn't do that. She didn't do that. She was just having a chat with Liam to figure out what, you know, what he, what he does, what he wants to do and everything else. And football came up because he mentioned it. There's at no point did she bring this up. Mm. And she was just being polite, like, ev- like everyone else. We just like want to know what, um, you know, what someone else is doing when you get to know them. And on a second conversation, someone, someone else, like Liam, asked, asked her what the O um, stood for in her last name. And she said, Owen. And he said like, oh, you know, that's a nice name. Sort of like it flows nice. And she was like, yeah. And she was kind of weirded out and confused because it's quite a confusing thing to say from him. And I I personally think he knows. He knows that um, her dad is... Yeah, a bit weird. Yeah, I think he knows because he is a real football fan. Well, she looks just like him for a start. <laughs> so the way he talks to her, it seems like he knows who she is, but wants her to say it. So he kind of, kind of gives her these opportunities, but she's not saying it. And I feel like, and I kind of I really wish she won't say it the entire eight weeks or however long she's going to be on there. But because it will drive everyone crazy. Like on Twitter, people mm. are just like so desperate for her to like, come on, say who your dad who your dad is and stuff. And I'm like, what why should she? It's cringe. Like what why would anyone want to bring it up? Like, I don't think she needs to bring it up. And um, yeah, so she's kind of like, you know, people already prejudged her because she comes from money, essentially. It's weird though, because when I was watching the the intro and obviously I haven't seen Love Island before and I hadn't read up on anything before it started. I actually wrote in my notes, Gemma seems quite nice. Um, She has short nails because <laughs> I <laughs> just hate the long nails. I don't know. That's just me. And I actually thought, yeah, yeah, you know what? She's a bit dull, but she seems nice. And it's almost like the way that it's being edited is the girls, the show is focusing on her and Tasha. Mm. So Tasha made the announcement that she was deaf and so therefore they may be ticking a diversity box I don't know if I'm being really Mm. really pessimistic well yeah they know that Gemma Owen there's going to be this drama around her but at the end of the day she's a 19 year old girl and she's yeah she's old enough to have chosen to be in that show because I know that there's quite a lot of stuff around the age gap between her and Davide as well Mm. I just I think people always love to hate someone you know when you compare her as again very early days week one yeah as maybe the the girl that everyone loves to hate on Twitter you compare her to someone like Olivia in maths who really is an absolute cow then it just it just feels really sad I just I just feel for her whether she comes from money or or not she's prejudged clearly like if they didn't know she came from money I don't know how like in the certain like they literally will dissect every single word she um she says and would call her snobbish and call her kind of stuck up or something like that and um from what I've seen she seems quite defensive in a way that um, I think she's not quite sure of herself or of the situation. And also like in one of the conversations, the very first one between her and Liam, he says something like, oh, I'm doing strength and conditioning as like um, his master's. And she's like, oh yeah. And he's like, oh, do you know what it is? And she said, yes. And he's like, go on, tell me. And I kind of think, 
what a weird thing to say. Like, oh, tell me about my degree. It's like, why? I mean, is it really not that obvious what strength and conditioning is? Like, just because she doesn't know the curriculum of it doesn't mean that she doesn't understand what those words mean. Mm. Um, and if it was really weird of him to kind of challenge her this way, what I really liked was her saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be here and look like a stupid person. So she kind of changed the topic. And I really respected that mm. because I don't know, you know, in, in past um, seasons, a lot of the women a lot smarter than what people would kind of credit them with. And they're a lot more savvy and switched on. But sometimes, you know, people will play up to not knowing things and I think it's something to do with um, women kind of appealing to men be like oh yeah I don't really know that much and stuff because it's kind of cute to be like that and she didn't play it up to that at all um, she was like no nah, I'm not doing this you know I know what it is um, I'm not going to be tested here let's change the topic and I really like that but of course if you are confident and you don't feel like um, you know playing up to anything people will judge that and say that she is kind of snobbish or stuck up or unfriendly. It's like, well, I feel like she handled that um, situation quite well. Do you think it goes with the territory of this show being based mostly around appearance? Because, you know, the girls strut out in their bikinis and like, Jesus, I would love to look like any one of those girls in a bikini. Like, do you think that it's that whole idea, almost like Miss World. They're like on display and they're beautiful and they've got the perfect hair and perfect nails that it's almost expected and perhaps comes through the editing that they aren't that bright. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you record anyone for uh, 24 hours, you will have moments where you sound absolutely stupid. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, just because someone doesn't know what something is or the capital uh, city of a country or whatever else doesn't make them stupid. And I think that's kind of, uh, you know, people will judge people um, for watching Love Island and people judge people who are on Love Island. But if you look at people who come out of the show and made a massive career out of it, I can't say that they are stupid people at mm. all because if you have business savvy to create your own brand and get somewhere with it, you can't be stupid. So um, uh, there's lots of people uh, who are still quite famous who um, come out of Love Island. Obviously, the um, best example is Molly May, um, who you know is now the um, Pretty Little Things creative director, and she's you know she said some things um, that was controversial, like how you know mm. everyone has twenty four hours in a day and all of that stuff. That's putting that aside. No one can say that she's a stupid person at all because she's quite business savvy, and lots of people are. Um, and you have to be if you're on the show um, because you need to kind of know how to behave. That said, um, very very fresh off the kind of drama press uh, was this life between has been men who were on the show in the last season kind of like talking very badly about a female contestant Rachel who was on there and just kind of humiliating and ridiculing her a little bit and of course they put out all the apologies and stuff and kind of apologized to her you know it's, it's always the women that kind of portrayed as like oh they're a bit stupid but actually um, you know a lot of them if you know what you're doing if you're on the show you have a plan you usually have an agenda you know that you want to get something out of it no one really goes on there just to find love 
I mean, let's be honest, um, it's beyond that now. And um, people do find love. And there's actually so many couples, I actually looked this up, Leah, um, like there are so many couples who are still together. I think really? the earliest one that I know of, that most people know is Olivia and Alex from season two. They're still together. And Cara and Nathan, who have a baby and everything, oh. are still together. There are people who are married. There's Camilla and Jamie who are still together. And Molly and Tommy. Like there are a lot of couples who came out of it. So even though we might be cynical about this, they have met each other on that show. And I think nothing bonds you more than going through a fairly, in some ways, quite traumatic experience as Love Island and coming out of it yeah. and kind of understanding what it, what it suddenly means to be that famous. Um, so yeah, it, you know, people can find love for sure on the show. But let's be honest, we are here to be famous, to yeah, like, you know, have something um, once you leave the show. Because the prize fund, do you know what the prize is when you win Love Island? It's not a lot of money, is it? It's 50k. It's like 50k. Because I was thinking this, like Gemma Owen, right? Yeah. I know, I feel like we're doing the same as everyone else. We keep coming back to Gemma Owen, but she does not need 50k. No, she doesn't. So why is she on it? Well, you know why she's on it? She's launching a swimwear line. Did you hear about this? No, no, I didn't. So ahead of, I was reading about this. Uh, I think it's a swimwear line. I should probably check that. Before... Love Island was announced and the contestants who were on the show were announced. She started the wheels turning on this line, obviously, because she's going to gain recognition. People are going to know who she is. She looks beautiful in mm. swimwear. She's a mod, you know, she's modeling her own stuff, essentially. So if this yeah. all goes well for her off the back of her Love Island fame, she's got a business up and running. Um, mm. So I think you're right, you know. It's it's like Big Brother, isn't it? The first season of Big Brother was the best because it was new and it was unknown. And now yeah. Love Island is in season eight. People know what they're doing. They've seen it before. They know why they're on the show. And I think the the Turkish actress, I can't think what her name was. Ekinsu. That's it. Ekinsu said, I've come on this show to find love. By the way, I'm um, an actress that does drama and soaps in Turkey. Mm. So... Again, being cynical, I'm thinking that I bet you'd love to break into soaps in the UK. <laughs> I know, let's go on Love Island. I, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm being, I think maybe I'm coming at this too serious, too cynical. And actually, is Love Island not just a really fun program to watch? Yeah, I mean, it is a fun program, to be honest. I kind of, um, I say like, oh, it's all dry. It's very boring. Nothing's happening. But, you know, I'll be watching it. I watched seven seasons. I never. I haven't watched the first season. I've watched from the second season onwards and stuff. So I know everything, the history of it. And part of that is what makes this show more attractive to people who have already seen all the other previous shows. What could be. So like, you know, the highlights and the, and it's not just drama that comes out of Love Island. Um, there is some really great funny moments. They um, become viral. You know, it's kind of part of pop culture really. And um, I kind of thought about this. Um, uh, with everyone more kind of a lot of people who no longer work in offices, they work from home or aren't in offices as much. I wonder whether the pressure of having to watch it um, to then chat to your colleagues have just disappeared a little bit because um, I used to work in an office where we would watch it and the next day we would do a whole retro on this in the morning. <laughs> and and I feel like a lot of people would, um, you know, felt the same. Um, now working from home, I don't really know anyone uh, who watches it who I work with. This is why you made me watch it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
I knew it. I knew it. Exactly. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it is part of pop culture and I feel like you do miss it, miss something if you don't watch it. But of course, you know, no season will ever top, you know, that particular season or this particular season in the past, just because, you know, the personalities have to be right. You know, I'm to be proved wrong because, um, you know, the most iconic people sometimes have come quite late. Um, you know, Maura is the best um, example. She's iconic. She came in, made a mark. She was really funny, very smart and um, gorgeous, of course. And um, everyone loves her. And, um, you know, and she came in quite late as a bombshell. And I don't know whether you kind of caught on to that, but people are kind of sent in later on to kind of, you know, throw everything into chaos and make people like suddenly reevaluate whether the coupling mm. is right for them uh, by putting these bombshells in. I guess I trust the producers in a way that um, they didn't just cast very boring personalities and I feel like they're just all new like I think there will be drama and I feel like um they are I mean with Ekinsu straight away there's a bit of drama so the drama's coming um people have accused of being a pick me girl I don't know whether you've um you've heard that kind of phrase um to describe a woman I feel like such an old lady no so a pick me girl is the kind of like okay rather me explaining I just I just pretend to be one okay oh my god Alex you were wearing so much makeup (laughs) like I could I mean that's it looks amazing on you but I could never I just I just I'm just so lazy I just can't like oh my god like I just love hanging out with boys I don't know why I just I just get on better with boys than with girls I hate you (laughs) it's that kind of person who's all very much like I do the least oh my god yeah talks a lot about doing the least and it's all chill and always with the boys and stuff that's a pick me girl like a you know perfect example in a celebrity world Kendall um Jenna she's a pick me girl everyone knows her as a pick me girl um so she was kind of like accused of that because she was very much sided with the boys wanting to work out with them rather than like Mm. sit and chat with the girls but it you know it gives friction it gives something to watch because if everyone gets Gets on and everyone's happy and everyone's in a couple and stuff why would we watch it for eight weeks yeah you need that you need that drama so um having watched it now have you got any early favorites at all oh my god um you know it was quite funny some of the stuff that you were saying about you know this first week has been quite dry i think when you compare it to some of the american and the aussie mm. shows like love is blind they come in straight away and they're like ah! And then immediately you're like, I don't like you. I like you. I'm not sure about you. But I think from the women, I don't, I, I don't even know if I can tell them apart yet. Honestly, their personalities are yet to show. However, I do like Luca, right. the fishmonger from Brighton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luca, Luca Bish, who I sells fish. fish. So first of all, he's good looking. And secondly, I think he's quite funny. I think he's quite a funny guy. And, um, you know, you always get the characters, you get the Joker, the sexy Mm. one, the clumsy one, you know, I think he might be the funny one. So yeah, I reckon so far he is probably my favorite. It's funny. I'm kind of between, yes, I agree with you. He is the funny one and also switching back to but is he? Um, I, I, what you know what? What I liked about him was um, in last night's episode. I think it was last night's or the one before. Um, he um, heard from Tasha that Andrew kind of said, you know, told her some lies about. Um, Luca so he confronted Andrew straight away and be like why did you say that and kind of really didn't let him off the hook and I quite like that he was very straightforward and bringing this up rather than some people have would have kind of gone round and told everyone this and stuff and then it would have come to a head so yeah. I quite like that 
Chinese whisper. Yeah, so he, it would be great. It was great that he kind of like brought up straight with Andrew, and then Andrew was like str- st- str- stuttering. Oh God, I can't bring it up. Um, he was stuttering, um, kind of trying to explain himself and excuse himself. It was good um, TV, but I think my to watch out characters on that. And I say characters as if they're like not real. Um, the two people that I think. I like and I think there's more to them is Dami. Um, I think there's a lot more humor that's a little bit more subtle and not out there. I think he's one to watch. I think he's going to be quite funny. And um, the second person I quite like is India because, um, you know, it's just outspoken, really funny and to the point. Yeah. And um, I think people are just underestimating her at the moment. Like, I don't really see her much um, in, in this week. It's all Gemma, Tasha, Paige and all of that. Yeah, it's how it's been edited. They've not given her the screen time. And I think she is definitely funny and she's smart and you can tell. So I would like to see a lot more of of Dami and India, actually. So I don't know if this is a stupid question. Are you going to keep watching? Well, I have nothing. I mean... I say that each year. I've got nothing to watch. So I'm going to watch Love Island. But actually, I do like the ritual of like, hey, it's 9 p.m. Let's watch Love Island and stuff. Because, you know, I, you know what else I'm going to do in weekday or weeknight? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I am going to watch and I want to be surprised. I am, I am trusting ITV and the producers. They have casted some very good personalities, fun, entertaining people who are yet to come in. Or maybe we will see people come out of the shell. I'm really, really hoping so. Well, how about you? Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And I just can't work out why I can't get it. Because as I said at the start, I love this kind of stuff. I love it. Mm. Lap it up. So I don't know. Maybe it's a slow burn. Maybe I've not I've not got that kind of Love Island history of chatting with my mates and following it on Twitter. So do you know what? I'll give it another week. How does that sound? Yeah, give another week. And I would definitely recommend going on Twitter at the same time. And just just watch what's coming up on the hashtag because that is most of the entertainment for me when I watch it. And if you don't feel this um, this season at all, highly recommend going back. I can probably give you the seasons to watch um, that are genuinely entertaining and great. I think they're still available on you know various streaming platforms, but they are really good. It is it I mean, it's there for a reason. It's you know, it's popular for a reason, but I still think it had had its days. And um, yeah, I just don't feel like we're going to ever get to the highs of the glory times, <laughs> the glory times of back in the day, Chris and Kem, Ovi, you know, all the kind of like people who really made the show and gave it its kind of character. I just don't think we'll see that again. So that's it. That's the Love Island verdict from Leah, the expert and Alex, the newbie i guess the newbie yeah but like honestly this is not going to be a love island review podcast at all um you know we are we are watching other things don't worry about that we have so much to talk about and we have so many well we both just love tv basically don't we i think that's what it comes down to tv books podcasts you name it if it's content i probably consume it which is why we're doing this podcast cool all right thanks for listening everyone i really hope you enjoyed this episode give us a follow on instagram um, at content void and if you really loved it give us five star review on itunes and if you really really loved it throw us a couple of quid a month on patreon and you'll get access to our exclusive hot takes and bonus episodes 